The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Excited to be here. Joined as always by RJ White. You can get his picks for a dollar. Little Christmas present. A little toss in the stocking. A dollar for the first month. Go to sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code white. This is RJ's time to shine. Two weeks left in the season down the stretch. And of course, Pete Prisco rapidly making up ground in the standings. What's up, Pete? RJ, how you doing? You told me for the first time since we got on this podcast, he found, he told me I was pale today. He did. Usually you talk about my tan. Now you tell me I'm pale. Head games. Playing yeah. head games. You, you know what? Head- I realized Ryan, Wil- Ryan Wilson told me, um, we got a Christmas mailbag that we recorded. It's like an hour and a half long. So excited for everybody who gets to download that. It's a bunch of nonsense. We talk about like who would be what Ninja Turtle, who would be what, like who would play what instrument in a band of like the, the four of us. Total nonsense, but it'll be out on Christmas. You should check it out. It'll be very entertaining. Uh, but Ryan pointed out, I think, on the, that show, these five picks behind me and the, against the spread. I'm getting a little nervous here. Got a little sweat going on. I got to pick it up close strong. Oh, my God. Finally, you've had a good year, and you're doing nothing but bragging. <laughs> I won. Hey, the, I, I won. The, no, you didn't. Um, you had a bad week last week, though. A lot of bad weeks on that, 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 on our best bets last week. It's incredible. Oh no, RJ. Oh no, I didn't realize it was RJ, that RJ, what the heck happened? That's not like uh, you. Washington happened. That, that yeah. stupid cover that shouldn't have happened. It's just, I don't, and then it seems like anytime I pick something that's like guaranteed at least four turnovers in that game, four stupid turnovers. I had the Bengals, four turnovers, had the Chargers, seven turnovers. And those games were looking pretty good coming into halftime. And then one bad turnover turns into a touchdown and it's done. Yeah, I had the Chargers I, too. Yeah, uh, charge. Yeah, remember you jerk stores talked me into the Chargers. RJ even flipped my picks on the site. I can't believe you did that, RJ. I should get a pick back for that one. Uh, the parlay was, no, I didn't. You did it on your own. Own volition. Um, plausible deniability. I went two and four last week, 51 and 40 on the year, 56% of the picks. I mean, I'll take that all day, but I don't want to fall any further. RJ one and six. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, 48% on the year. Pete Prisco three and four, 45% on here the year. Here I come, dropped- RJ. Yeah, you're going to catch me at this point. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Look at that parlay. Look at that parlay. What a lo- What a bunch of losers. Well, look, I mean, the Chargers is inexcusable. They got blasted by the Vikings. But, like, that game was close until the strip sack of Phillip Rivers at the end of the first half. And then the floodgates just opened on uh, for Minnesota. Uh, Oakland-Jacksonville over – They, you know, that, that game was just that crazy. Was never, that was never happening. 
that one was never happening. And then, like, all Indianapolis had to do was score one touchdown in the first half. Or, we, I mean, like, but we know. still would have had a loser. It was still a loser. The parlay stunk. Yeah. Yeah. Parlay was still a loser. Uh, so yeah, bad week, weird week. A lot of people got, um, burnt bad. You know, they, uh, they got burnt bad with some of the, um, some of their, you know, like some of the stuff that they had to, like, like if you bet on the, uh, the Falcons under, you got torched bad. They yeah, scored 10 it's, points. It, of- it's like those, um, those commercials when they're inside the wings place and then they push the button to get all that crazy stuff happening. It felt like Vegas had the button in, in their hands for every single game. Cause they're like, which game? What, what do you think you're going to win this? Nope. We're going to hit the, hit the button and, and there we go. And I'm yeah. going low. <laughs> all right. Let's get um, on with my best bets this week. Cause I'm on fire three and four. <laughs> Qualifies. Scorching hot Pete Briscoe. Um, you know, oh, it's Bolson's a bad week when my, when my three and four is the best that we had last week. So it's a terrible week. Yeah. And look, the other one that sort of flew under the radar, the Titans Texans over that I loved and was all in on. I mean, they threw three end zone interceptions. That's right. rough. Yeah. That's that rough. was, that was, it started out. It would have been an over right away. They went right up and down the field and they got nothing. Yeah. Uh, let's dive into this week's best. So let's get to it. There's three Saturday games. Um, and we're going to get to those first and then we'll, uh, I think Pete has two best bets in there and then we'll get to the rest of Pete's best bets and then, uh, we'll get your, your sick ass out of here so you can not, you know, contaminate RJ and you can go do sports line. First up, Bills at Patriots. Patriots minus six and a half. The over under third, oh, excuse me. I skipped a game. I apologize. Rams at 49ers. 49ers minus six and a half. The over under is 45 and a half. This is a must win game for both teams, really. I mean, the, the 49ers yeah. are. The Rams are well, well, the Rams have one chance to make the playoffs. If the Vikings lose out and they play right. the Packers at home and the Bears at home, if the Vikings lose out and the Rams win out, the Rams are in as the sixth seed. Um, the 49ers, it's a must win because even though they can still get the, uh, win the division, they want to get that first overall seed. And if they went out, I'm pretty sure that they, they get, get the first, that. O- they get the first overall seed. Yes. In and fact, I wrote 4,000 words about this on the site. They're going to win this week, and they're going to win easily. I, I did not like what I saw from the 49ers last week. I think the defensive injuries kind of impacted them a little bit, but I really didn't like what I saw from the Rams last week. That team looked awful against the Cowboys. Now, it was one of those games where you go into a team that's got to have it, and they ambushed them kind of a little bit. I, I love the Rams last week. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. <laughs> this week, I'm going to the other side. I'm thinking the 49ers. I think the 49ers are going to handle them in this game. I should have put that in his best bet last week. Try to tell you, you know, yeah. <laughs> watch out. Everybody loves the Rams. Uh, San Francisco completely shut down the Rams offense in the first meeting, just 48 net yards passing. I don't think we're going to have the same type of game here. Um, especially if D Ford can't play and they're not getting their, their uh, pass rush the way they usually do. On the other side, I think Aaron Donald could have some success with the center Richburg out. Um, Rams know how to bounce back from an ugly loss like the one versus Dallas. It seems like after they have these ugly games, they come back and have a good game. And San Fran's played a lot of close games lately. Six of their last seven um, have been within this score. If you throw out that late fumble touchdown against Arizona, which I didn't, you know, it's another one of those Philly-Washington games where it was going one way and all of a sudden the team covers out of nowhere or probably pushes out of nowhere. So I would go Rams plus six and a half as the lean, but I don't love either side of this one. Mm, um, yeah, I'm with Pete here. I don't think I'm going best bet with the 49ers, but I just think one of the things we've seen with the Rams is that a, they're they're bad against good defenses, and Richard Sherman is off the injury report as of Thursday, so he should play. That greatly improves um, what the 49ers can do on defense. But more importantly, 
the Rams are really bad and Jared Goff is really bad uh, against great pass rushes. And, you know, the Cowboys put him in a position where they got pressure on Jared Goff. They banged up his hand, which I don't – it's sort of flying under the radar as a story this week. Like he – I mean – after that hand injury, when they showed him like on the sideline with that compress in between it while he's looking at his, his, his tablet, his surface tablet or whatever, I mean, like he couldn't hit anything. Fifty-one for two, fifty-one passes for two hundred eighty-four. His accuracy went way down. It looked like he was really struggling with that hand injury, and I think that could potentially affect him here, especially if this dangerous 49ers pass rush is at full strength. They can get after Jared Goff, and I just don't know that the the Rams have enough in them to to really come back against them. Like, if the 49ers can get up big early, this one's over. Like yeah, this well, is a situation where – yeah, go ahead. No, I, I agree with you. I just uh, – Goff did looked off after the injury, and they got some garbage-type yeah. stuff, but it didn't look good. Uh, this isn't a best bet for me. It's not a best bet for you in any way, shape, or form. Brinson, you putting it in? No, I, I just – I mean, okay. I, I would take the 49ers in my picks. Me I too. I just think – I think I did too. they're going to get pressure on Goff. And by the way, I would say too, like, this is a decent game where if they get up – like 14 nothing early and you can get like live minus 10 and a half. I would take it because I think the 49ers will run downhill on them and the Rams will sort of pack it in like they did against Dallas. Just a theory. Moving along to the Bills and Patriots. Pete Prisco's favorite team in the entire world, the Buffalo Bills. You're a bigger Bills fan than RJ. You know that? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. He Bills. is he is, he's a giant Bills fan. I I just I admire the team because I think Sean McDermott's building something special there. And I think he's a heck of a coach. They take, Pat, they take the way, it on. Pat's, What's Pat's that? Minus six and a half. Pat's minus six and a half at home. Over under 37 and a half. Just so well, the Bills have won there twice since 2000. Twice. Um, it's tough to win there. Uh, it's tough to win there in December. Uh, it's going to be a tough task for them to win there. But I think they're going to do it. I think that Patriots offense, if Edelman is as banged up as people are saying he is, and it looks like he is, they're going to be even more limited on offense. That means they're going to try to run the ball. Bills have struggled against the run. I know it, but I think it's going to be problematic here. They're going to load up to stop the run. They're Brady to beat him. And on the other side, look, it's going to be tough for Josh Allen, but they're going to get creative with him. It's going to be a really low-scoring game, and I think the Bills are going to find a way to win the game. They're not going to win the division because the Patriots you know, aren't going to lose to Miami next week, but they're going to win the game. Are they not? I mean, don't they typically struggle with them against Yeah, they do. Um, best bet for me under 37 and a half. Best bet also Bills plus six and a half. I'm with you on, on that. I like both of them in this game. Bills D dominated that first game. That block punt changed the game, but New England offense didn't do anything. And that was when the New England offense was actually playing pretty solid. Now they haven't, haven't had that look lately with not knowing who's going to pass, you know, catch the passes and Edelman not playing very well. Um, so I like that too. There was that stat too. Um, Edelman and Brady, like 42 and 0 at home, you know, whatever that stat so was. the Chiefs got him. And then the Chiefs got him. So just because the Bills have only won twice since 2000 doesn't mean they can't win here. So I wouldn't mind sprinkling a little bit on the money line here. I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. So the, the line seems a little high to me because of that. Uh, Pat's offense wasn't impressive versus the Bengals. I know they won 38 to whatever, but they had less than 300 yards in that game. It's the fourth time in the last five where they've had less than 300 yards. And these are the top two scoring defenses in the league. So you got to love the under. This Probably 36 and a half where people are looking at it and I don't like crossing that 37 because the game could be tied late and hit, hit that overtime field goal and it goes, goes to 37 exactly. But if you can get under 37 and a half, I like it. Uh, this is also a total I would like teasing up as well because so you like the bills. Love the bills. Love the under. Love the bills. I like the under. Um, Brinson? Love the under here. Um, if you look at the Patriots since the start of 2017, as a home favorite of uh, less than of a touchdown or of less than a touchdown, the under is nine and one. So that's a great spot. 
These are both very good defenses. There's no reason to think there should be a ton of offense in this game. I wanted, I think I had the, the pats in my picks initially. And I mean, look, here's the thing. I want to point out how, uh, since 2016, the Patriots, because I think I pointed this out early in the year that since 2016, the Patriots are like, you know, two and, and, uh, two, 12 and two against the number as a favorite of a touchdown or less. Except here's the problem. Uh, they're one and two as a favorite of a touchdown or less at home in 2019. And that's, that's really concerning. I mean, this is a Bills team that I don't think is, you know, as, as dangerous on offense as the Cowboys or the Chiefs. And I know that Cowboys game was five and a half and it was a weird rain game. Um, but man, I mean, if the Bills can get a lead, the Patriots just aren't good at coming back and you can't come back against the Bills because their pass defense is so good. So yeah, I would, uh, I, I'm sort of kind of going the other way and I think I would take the Bills as well. Um, maybe so should we put the Bills in, should we put the Bills in the parlay or the under in the parlay? I'd rather put the under. The under is one of my best bets. So I'd rather put the under if we, unless. The under. Like, did, Let's put the under. I'll put the under in. I like the under right. too. Under. 37 and a half. I saw now, when they played the Chiefs a couple weeks ago in New England, that was an under, right? That was, that game went under, if mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. That's it. The uh, only time it's gone over since the, since the beginning of 2017, uh, was the Chiefs game last year, 43-40. And that was actually yeah. a low scoring game with a over under 59 and a half that went over with two touchdowns late. So uh, these games at home against the Patriots tend to go under. So I, I like that a lot. When I, when it came out at 38 and a half on Sunday, I, I, I got it right away. Uh, all right. Texans minus three at the Buccaneers over under 49 and a half. This over under opened at 53, Pete. It has come down to 49 and a half. And the reason why is that Tampa is expected to get tons of bad weather throughout the weekend. Tons of like lightning and thunderstorms on Sunday, but just 16 mile an hour winds on Saturday. Oh, no, by the way, no Chris Godwin, no Mike Evans. You don't care. You're a Brashad Perryman man. You love Central Florida. You're a Florida man. You are all in on Jameis Winston, all in on Bruce Arians, all in on Brashad Perryman, that weird little bald dread thing he's got going on. Who is playing better right now, Jameis Winston or Deshaun Watson? Um, right? Deshaun Watson? Uh, is he? I was going to make that same thing with uh, Josh Allen versus Tom Brady. Who's playing Who's better? Who's playing better? Who's playing better? I would take Winston right now. He's playing better. Of course he is. In the I moment, mean, yes. Yes. Um, he's not a better quarterback, right. but right now he's playing better. Four Over 450 yards the last two weeks. I mean, that's incredible. Uh Yeah, he throws too many interceptions, but the defense puts him in that situation. Drew Locke threw all over this defense a couple weeks ago. Even without, even without Evans, even without Godwin, I think they're going to throw the football and throw it well. Uh I like this game. Because I think the Bucks win the game, and I also like the game because I think it's going over the total. Even with the weather, I still think it's going over the total, but my best bet is to the Bucks and Jameis Winston. The defense is playing much better now, too. I agree. I also have best bet, Bucks plus three. Uh, look ahead was a pick em. I don't think Godwin moves the line three points. I don't think any receivers move a line three points. Underdog is 11-3 in, in Texans games this season. Te- Texans are only 1-5 as a favorite against the spread. We know Tampa Bay D is great against the run. You're right. They are playing better against the pass, too. They now rank 15th in DVOA versus the pass and 11th in DVOA overall. So you look at the, uh, the, uh, the, the Bucks, you wouldn't think top 12 defense, but that's what they've been. They're playing much better. So, yeah. Uh, Houston D struggles against the pass. You talked about Drew Locke. Uh, I think Winston can have success despite the injuries, despite people 
not all being there, they could still throw to the tight ends. They can get it going. And DVOA loves T- Tampa Bay and hates Houston. There's like a 14 or 16 point gap in weighted DVOA between the two. And you would think, oh, that means Houston is 16. No, it's actually Tampa's the better team, it says. So in Tampa at home, they say the if you use my DVOA metric, it should launch it be like Tampa minus six, which is kind of ridiculous. But plus three got to be value on Tampa. So I'm best bet. I love it. Love it. Uh, I like Houston in the spot, but not enough to um, to make him a best bet. I just think they're going to get it done. Just I don't know. Just think they're going to win the division. The if they win, they win the division. Exactly. But on the other hand, James Winston, he, he's not worried about winning the division. He's worried about getting this fat new contract that he's about to get handed. Uh, of course, you see Houston. Up, he's going to uh, get a bridge. Con- he's going to get a bridge contract, Prince. He's going to get the Nick Foles deal. That's what he's going to get. You know, he might get more than that, Pete. RJ, what well, are we talking about? But in that ballpark, in that ballpark, three years, maybe a little bit more, twenty-five million or twenty-six million, something like that. The Kirk Cousins, three years, eighty-four. In the, I don't think eh, maybe, I mean, not guaranteed, not all. The guaranteed. way he's played, if you're keeping him in Tampa with Bruce Arians, I would give him that. And usually, quarterback in Bruce Arians' system, the second year is much better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I'd keep him. I would keep him. Two sixty-five, two seventy-two, two sixty-two. 291. You know what those are? Those are my uh, bowling scores the last four times I went out. You're lying, Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) Le'Veon Bell's bowling scores. No, those are Jameis Winston's, uh, yards per game, yard, passing yards per game by month splits for his career. 291 in December. This guy knows how to make a December push down the stretch. And look, Houston's pass defense is bad. If they, if the weather doesn't materialize, and this, I wanted to make the over a best bet, but the winds are so high that I was a little worried about it. It's dropped. It kind of scares me. If the weather doesn't materialize and like the weather's not bad on Saturday, this line will shoot up leading to kickoff. So be prepared to jump on the over if the weather looks good in Tampa. These two teams will score. I mean, the they we- will just score. If the weather's like it was here today, he won't be scoring in that mm-hmm. wind. It was windy as heck here. It's supposed to be that way all weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm doing the Prince of the weather, man. Bet. Love it. Got any weather for it's South out. Florida coming up this weekend, Will? I mean, you're the weather guy. Yeah. Let me, uh, see, let me check. Um, yep. Yep. yep it's going to be sad and salty with your tears as you put up a one and six. <laughs> he uh, been keeping wow. Oh, he mushed me. Ooh. He went all in on me. He had been keeping an eye on the weather down here for this weekend for months because he thought he was going to have to come down here and cover Dolphins yeah. Bengals. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Great game. Yeah, they're giving yeah, away, like, they're giving away tickets speak. all over town. Anywhere you want them, you can find them. No, they wanted a live podcast from from the from Sun Life Stadium ahead of like oh oh and like fourteen and oh and fourteen game. They wanted to like bring us all down and have me like walking around doing social media stuff. Um, why don't we just talk about that game while we're here? Uh, Cincinnati because we Pete's Pete's got it on the list. Bengals at the Dolphins. The over under is forty. So wow, we all have the best bet in this game. What the hell? The over under is forty seven. I mean, look, I'm going to be watching this game. I will have it on a TV because I'm kind of entertained by the idea of, uh, you know, two terrible teams playing a football game like this. And I think the teams are kind of frisky. Could this be a high scoring game, Pete? Yes. I just hope the weather's not bad on Sunday, but I, I do think it's going to be a high scoring game. Uh, the Dolphins are terrible on defense. We saw that again last week against the Giants. Eli Manning was back throwing it all over the place and Barkley looked good. Uh Joe Mixon's been running the ball really well. The Bengals aren't good on defense, even though they've done gotten a little bit better. Uh you know Fitzpatrick at home can throw the football around. I think this game, provided the weather's okay, is going to go way over this number. 
My best bet's Bengals plus one. I've been on the Bengals several times. Seems, yes, you have. It seems stupid with the Bobby Bengal you record, are, but they were covering. They were losing and covering. So I mean, it was it was been catching more often than not. I think they actually have been playing well when they don't turn the ball over. They outgained their opponents in each of the last three games in terms of yardage. You're right. The rush offense has come on strong with Mixon, 343 yards versus Cleveland and New England in the last two games. Cleveland, I mean, a lot of teams can run up on Cleveland, but New England's a good defense, and, and they ran all over them. Uh, Miami's pass D is historically awful. Dalton can have success there. Since he's D is playing better to me, I don't blame them for that New England loss. It was a stupid turnovers. They rank third in red zone percentage, which I think I bring up every week, their red zone thing, but that means turning possible touchdowns into field goals. So if Dolphins are scoring field goals and Bengals are throwing it over the top and scoring touchdowns, they should win this game. Uh, since he doesn't have to worry about losing the number one pick in this game, they're two, they have a two game buffer, so they lose this one. They can come back and just not play, you know, hard in the second game, uh, week 17 and still get the number one pick and get Joe Burrow. So, Go all out, get the win for the coach, get, you know, everybody that wants to come back next year, show them what you got, and then, you know, take, take next week off. I'm with you, RJ. I got the Bengals too. Um, since week 10, four players in the NFL have, have, have recorded more than 700 scrimmage yards. Christian McCaffrey has the most. Joe Mixon's number two. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb are the other two. D- Joe Mixon's playing really well. Like, Bill Belichick called him maybe the best running back in football, which is, Pretty good praise. And um, I, I just think that when you look at these teams, I get that they're both bad. And I get that public perception will probably have people taking the home team basically as a pick with two more wins um, against a Bengals team that just nobody wants to pick on, nobody wants to bet on. The Bengals, you know, as good as they've looked over the last few weeks, got blown out by the Patriots. I mean, they, the end score was a disaster. But anybody who watched the game knows that it was a lot closer at halftime. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is a human turnover. He's willing to make, he's willing to chuck it up and, and, and make some mistakes. Andy Dalton a little more conservative. I think they'll be a little, a lot more effective in the ground game. The Giants hung 29 points in the second half on the Dolphins. This is a team that has given a really good effort and has played strong, but I would, I would look, especially if this game is close at halftime, I would look to take the Bengals in the second half. I think they could run away with it. I think Miami just kind of runs out of gas and, uh, I will absolutely take uh, the Bengals getting a point or a pick em or whatever it is as one of my best bets. Pete, do you want to add the Bengals to the parlay? No, or? I don't. Okay. I do not. Boo. Yeah, boo. boo. I would take the over, honestly, but, I mean, we can move on. You like the over, RJ? Not particularly. Okay, so then we don't have a, we don't have a parlay pick here. That's fine. We we're we're, we're saving game. people from our parlay. We're, we're saving people. Anybody who wants to put their own parlay and take Bengals uh, in the people, over. No, people, are, people, are itching to, people are itching to max bet. I mean, Miami the in the under. Right. Parlay. Take Miami yeah. in the under. You'll win your parlay. There's like a, like a, you know like on Sports Insights they're like steam alerts or whatever like a yeah. steam alert just like it's Friday morning a steam alert on Bills over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, as soon as we as soon as we give out our our parlay it steams the other way. Exactly. Um, Cowboys at the Eagles. Cowboys minus two and a half. The over under is 46 and a half. Pete, on a scale of one to 10, how concerned are you with Dak Prescott's shoulder injury that's kept him out of practice this week? Yeah, it's concerning. Uh, anytime you have a quarterback who has a shoulder injury, it's always concerning, but he's going to play. And when he plays, you got to figure he's going to be able to make all the throws if, if they're, if he's in the game. But. I like the Eagles even before I found, we found out about Dak Prescott's shoulder. I think this is a great spot for the Eagles uh, at home. They're, they'll turn their pass rushers loose on the Cowboys. Uh, the Eagles have been banged up all year. I know it. And it's, it they played Seattle a couple weeks ago, and they were banged up as they've ever been, and they competed in that game. If it, They had the one run that was a pop run. Otherwise, they were right there. 
Uh, Wentz didn't play well that day. I think he plays well here. I think the Eagles win the game outright. Uh, I know that there's one clear side I should be taking in this game. I just go back and forth about which one it is. At two and a half, I, I wouldn't take the, the Cowboys because you know, I think there are one and a halfs out there. Um, I believe Westgate has it as a pick em right now. I kind of want to go the Cowboys though. It's hard for me to love either team. Eagles should be 0 and 5 against the spread in their last five, except for that, that phantom cover last week. They're the team that's struggling more. Dak's health is obviously an issue, but so is the health of the Eagles offense. Who are they throwing to? I think Ortega Whiteside is now on the injury report. He missed practice, uh, on Thursday as we were Earth. recording this. So, I mean, who, who's going to catch the Vinny Vapali is going to catch the ball there or something? Um, Cowboys look like the more talented team right now. Can you trust the coaching? Of course you can't. No. But Dallas is fourteen and two against the spread and straight up in the division since the start of twenty seventeen. That includes a twelve and one run. Um, you know, in the last thirteen, I would lean that way. Garrett knows how to play these teams in his division, so I would just go ahead and go with the Cowboys. Try to get it as low as you can. Hopefully, you can get it as a pick. But I think they probably win the game. Greg Ward, baby. Just a lean though. Greg Ward. He will help me win DFS last week. Yeah. You know what he's going to do this week? They're going to throw him a I'm pass, sure. and he's going to throw a pass. He's going to throw oh, I just a touch- won the, the, the one, um, you know, with seven or eight of us from work, you know, 150, 200 bucks, whatever. Hey, Brinson, Greg Ward's going to throw a touchdown pass this week for the Eagles. How about that? I love that call. Can you bet on that prop? I don't That's know. That's a great call. Get creative. They're going to throw a touchdown pass. This- 25 to 1. They actually yeah. might be higher than that, like 50 to 1. Yeah. The problem is, I mean, obviously, ex quarterback, it's a great call, but who's he going to throw it to? Ertz. <laughs> it has to be Ertz. Ertz. Goddard. Oh my God. That's Miles Nick Sanders' music. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got the Eagles too, Pete. And here, so here's my thing. I think that as we, everybody points out, it's a coaching, coaching mis- mismatch. I mean, Doug Peterson's better than Jason Garrett. Nobody's going to try and argue that. I get that Jason Garrett's been good in the division. However, the, to me, there's a very clear um, issue with the Cowboys' game plan here. You have to be able to throw the ball against the Eagles' secondary to beat them. You can't run against the Eagles very effectively. And I think that the Eagles are going to know that the Cowboys want to come in and run the ball because Dak is banged up. And if Dak, I mean, like, I think this Dak thing is a bigger deal than they're making out to be. And I get that he's never been limited. And maybe they downplayed injuries before the first matchup. Maybe he'll be completely fine. An AC joint is a problem. Like, you're not going to get maximum velocity. You're not going to get, your accuracy is going to be off. You're going to be, you know, trying to overcompensate in different areas. It's just, it's a problem. And, I just think that the Eagles are going to find a way to win this game. It also hurts that I believe Sean Lee's on the injury report after that game. He had the interception against the Rams. Leighton Vander Esch, they're worried about his career at this point, it sounds like. That linebacker core is badly banged up, and the Eagles' strength in the passing game is with their tight ends. So they can put two tight ends out there, and they can just attack the linebackers, attack backup linebackers, feed Goddard, Feed Ertz, try to get some run game going, use Carson on the bootlegs, and maybe you know throw have Greg Ward throw a touchdown pass to Wentz or something like that. Doug Peterson, I mean, this is a kitchen sink game. It's, everything's on the line. If the Eagles lose this game, they are eliminated from the playoffs. The Cowboys can still win. Um, they can right? Can't the Cowboys still? Get yeah, in? But if the Cowboys lose and the yeah, Eagles right. lose next week, and then they win, so the Eagles would have to lose to the Giants. Can you imagine if the Eagles won this game at home and then lost to the Giants? I can definitely imagine that. Yeah. It'd be terrible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, can't imagine. Division. And are by we the, sure the Redskins what? are eliminated in this division? And by the way, whichever team wins the division is going to win a playoff game. We'll How about see. that? So just imagine this, though, that the Eagles could beat the Cowboys this week, and then Eli Manning could come back for one more start against the Eagles and knock them out of the playoffs. He wouldn't, though, unless, mm-hmm. Jones, unless, no, Jones, was unless Jones was hurt. They're not going to put him back in. 
Um, Dak Prescott said, what did he say? He said he's going to play. Is that right? He said, yes, I'll be to go on Sunday. Is his exact quote. So if you like well, the Eagle, if you like the Cowboys, every, every player always, every player always thinks he's playing. Well, he's probably going to play. I think it's no matter how too, effective. He's I wouldn't, be. I wouldn't put any stock into what a player says. Players always think they're playing. I mean, by the way, so you think that the Cowboys or the Eagles will beat the Seahawks or the 49ers? In the yes, I do. Hmm. Interesting. I do. Well, if it's the Cowboys, we know they'll have the coaching edge in that matchup. No, they don't have the coaching edge over anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we could put, we could put a dummy on the other sideline and have the coaching edge. But Jerry Jones on the other side. Um, so yeah, I got, but I got the Eagles as the best bet. I'm with Pete. RJ doesn't sound like you want to join in. No, that. he's not in on that. No, one. I would lean the other way, but I don't love, you know, I go back and forth with that. I love both sides simultaneously. So I just kind of make it a stay away and lean, lean very slightly to the Cowboys. I took the Cowboys out of my best bets last week at the last second. Mm-mm-mm. I should have put him in there. Packers. Yeah. By the way, your man called the Jaguars winning in Oakland. How about that? Huh? How about that? You called that? I told you this on the podcast. I said it was stinky and something was going to happen. Oh, we said it was going to. I don't remember him saying they were going to win, though. I picked him on the on the side. I picked the Jaguars to win outright. All right, all right. We'll give you credit. Does anybody brag more about his picks, the right picks that he gets, than you? Seriously, nope. You've gotten out of control. You've gotten out of control with it. Out of control. You know what that means. You know what that means. It's going to be rotten. (laughs) (laughs) you told me i'm gonna be one in six already in this podcast he said i was gonna be the, one only, in six. the only way this is gonna end is with brinson going like oh and 12 on his best bets Wouldn't that be and fun? then like prisco winning the, the between three of us like a 47 percent no what if i go 12 and oh and he goes oh and 12 well you're not going 12 and 0. no i don't so think i am either yeah i haven't had a one in six yet though yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I should have stuck with five picks a week, right? <laughs> well, now we got to pick more so we can get yeah, you. Uh, Packers, Vikings, Monday night. This line was opened up at four and has rocketed up. The Vikings are now huge favorites against the Packers on Monday night football. I don't know if you know this. Monday night played in prime time. This will feature Kirk Cousins against Aaron Rodgers in a nationally televised game. Pack, Vikings minus five and a half over under. 45 and a half, Pete. I haven't the faintest clue which direction you might go with this game. You don't know? You don't know where I'm going? It's a big game. It's Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers on the other side. You're giving me five and a half. They're going to win the game outright. You're going to donate five and a half points to me? Give me the five and a half. Look, no cook will be a factor in this game. They can run the ball. We saw that. Boone went in and ran the ball, and he was effective. The problem is they're going to miss him in the passing game, and I think that's going to show up. Uh, I love the Green Bay Packers. They win the game outright. I have no problems with Kirk Cousins in a big game like you do, but best bet for me is also the Packers plus five and a half. Green Bay seems overrated. We've been talking about the stats don't really match, you know, how the, how they've played, but, and their overall record, but they have a better against the spread record than the Vikings. They're nine and five. Vikings are eight and six. So, I mean, they're, they are beating expectations on the scoreboard. Vikings, I think, are the more talented team. I just can't trust them to cover a big, big number. I just think it's going to be a close game between these two teams, both fighting for the division. Um, it comes down to a field goal. So I, I just like the value here at plus five and a half. So if it was four, it wouldn't be a best bet, but at five and a half, it's going to be a best bet. Packers are frauds. Aaron Rodgers has been worse than Kirk Cousins this year. Aaron Rodgers should not have made the Pro Bowl. Kirk Cousins should have been in instead of him. Kirk Cousins will be motivated, and he will get his first Monday night victory by 14 points in this game at home 
against the Minnesota Vikings. I know Dalvin Cooks. Dalvin, by the way, speaking of people who say they're going to play, Dalvin Cooks like, I'm practicing like I'm going to play. Like, dude, they already basically ruled you out. It's not you. It's Mike Boone and maybe Alexander Madison. Um, He's hurt too, though. Yeah, I think it'll just be a bunch of Mike Boone, and that's fine. The Packers' rush defense stinks. The Packers are good early on on defense and then fall apart. I mean, I mean on offense and then don't do anything. They're frauds. Hey, they, uh, the Vikings fans think I dislike the Vikings for some reason. I don't know why. I love the, I love the Vikings. It's one of my favorite places to go to in the summer. They, they are outstanding. I get to meet everybody and all the coaches and the personnel people. And I know Mike Zimmer for years. I don't know why they, th- other than my Kirk Cousins I was gonna jokes, say, I don't know why, I don't know why they think I don't like the Vikings. I, I think it, I, I, it's not that I dislike the Vikings. I like the Vikings. I just think the Packers are going to win this game. That's all. You just love Aaron Rodgers. I do. Unconditionally. No, not unconditionally. Well, I got the Vikings. It's a little best bet off because I got the Vikings minus five. Well, you got the bet. You got the Vikings in the Super Bowl, so you're still going to keep going with them and playing all the way through. You still think they're going to the Super Bowl? I think they could. I, they'll know. Now, the interesting thing is they'll know potentially by even Saturday night if they're in the playoffs. Because if the Rams lose to the 49ers on Saturday afternoon, they'll know that they're in the playoffs. And I mean, I think like psychologically there is a little bit of a concern that the Vikings understand to win the division they have to beat the Packers and the Packers have to lose to the Lions that's also why I kind of yeah. like the Vikings here too yeah the, 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 the Packers, Packers the Packers can lose and win the next week and still win the division mm-hmm. if you're the Packers you're yeah but they're 14. playing for seeds too though they're playing for seed too though yeah but if you're down 21 are you really trying to like gas it and come back eh, maybe you pack it up and go beat the Lions and win the division Cardinals and Seahawks Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, two of the great young quarterbacks. Seahawks minus nine and a half, over under 51. Pete, what you got? It's going over. This one's going up and down all day. And Kyler Murray actually looked good last week. He ran around. He got back running in the football a little bit. Uh, and I think Seattle's going to score. Arizona's defense was better, but they're bad. There's going to be a lot of points in this game. I like the over. Kyler Murray, one of three quarterbacks who can lead their teams in rushing this year. You got Lamar Jackson, obviously Kyler Murray. Who's the other one? I know. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> the mobile Ryan Fitzpatrick. By the way, he's the only quarterback. Murray's the only quarterback over 3,000 yards passing and mm-hmm. 500 yards rushing. So For now, yeah. not, not Lamar Jackson. Um, so it's interesting that you move that, uh, that you move that goalpost all the way down to 500 yards to get it instead of a thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though. I, I guess. Oh, uh, three, he doesn't have 3,000 because he throws for 160 every week, Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have to throw. Leads the league in passing touchdowns. He has a thousand rushing yards. Get over it. Right, but he doesn't have to throw for many yards. Yeah, best bet Cardinals uh, who don't have Lamar <laughs> Jackson, but uh, Kyle Murray's been playing well. Seahawks have one game that they've won by more than eight points. Happens to be the Cardinals games. People will say, okay, they can beat the card. They can beat up on the Cardinals again. Um, the stats in that game were closer than the score. It was basically an evenish game. Uh, Seahawks had that Jadavian Clowney pick six, which you're not going to get very often. Um, Arizona can struggle against great defenses. Seattle's defense is not great to me. 21st in net yards per pass attempt, 27th in yards per rush, and that's going to come into to to play against the Cardinals team that's running the ball well. Seattle can't keep the back door closed either. We saw it last week. Carolina rallied back to push last week uh, and on the closing line of a minus six, even though it was like, what, 30 to 13 at one point. 
Um, Cardinals are eight, four and one against the spread as underdogs. The push was unlucky. That was that San Fran game that turned into a Philly Washington type push. Uh, so it should have been nine and four. I think they can keep this game close. They've scored at least 26 in four of their six road games. I'm not worried about the offense going on the road and stumbling in a tough environment in Seattle. So it probably does go over, but my better bet and my best bet is the Cardinals plus nine and a half. I lean towards the under in this game just because I think you can see the Cardinals stall out a little bit. And I think the Seahawks will have everybody back on defense and, and Seattle won't be afraid to get a lead and run the clock out. And I like when, when the Cardinals get down big, they don't play hurry up to try and make some furious comeback. They just don't do it. It's very bizarre. Uh, if they keep it competitive and it's going back and forth in terms of the scoring, then it'll probably go over. So I think it's game script dependent. Maybe look at that for a live bet. Like if, you know, if it, if it, if the Seahawks get up 21 nothing, I'd jump on the under because it'll be, you know, in like the first or second quarter, it'll be, it'll be escalated up to like 55 or 56, maybe even higher. You can, you potentially get the under there. Um, I would take Cardinals too. It's too many points. It's just, they, it's a lot the of points. Seahawks. And the Seahawks, well, throw, home, the card, throw the Cardinals into the, into the, uh, oh man. Okay. So I'm in. Any chance the Cardinals win outright? Yes. You think the Cardinals win outright? There's a chance. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said you would, that you did. Is it any chance? I mean, Seattle yeah, sure. is two and four against the spread at home this year. And they've, I mean, they're the second team in NFL history behind the freaking 78 Oilers to win 10 games by one, by one score or more. They're a luck box. They're due to something, but Russell just won't let them die. It's unbelievable. Jaguars at Falcons. My Jaguars. Your yeah, Jaguars. They yeah. They they're not, yeah. they're not Tom Coughlin's Jaguars anymore. <laughs> that's that a, that's a certainty. Uh, you know, that was a good tweet by you. That was a good tweet by you. I like that. Which one about him? Yeah, He's a good man, good coach, not a great GM, and uh, doesn't like playing by anybody else's rules. Uh, never has, never has. It's his rules and nobody else's rules. Uh, Falcons minus seven over under forty six and a half in Atlanta. This thing's going way over the total, and, and I know Jacksonville didn't go over last week, and I thought they would against the Raiders. But Atlanta can score and they're better on defense, but they're not that good. Jacksonville's defense is bad that, you know, and they're going to play bad in this game. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a big day throwing the football. I think Minshew will have success throwing the football as well. As well. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game on the fast track. I'll take the over. You think the Jaguars players play better now that Coughlin's out of the building? No. It's kind of like pressure off. No, I think they won a game last week. So I don't know how much better they're going to play period. Take Do they care? Yeah. yeah. My lean would be the Jaguars, um, and that's just because I have a stat since 2000 when two teams finish with losing records and they play in week 16, and we know both these teams are going to finish with losing records. The dog is 54-26-4 against Oh, that's a good stat. I like that's that That's like 67.5% cover nice. rate. So all these games with these garbage matchups, like I'm just defaulting to the, the dog unless I have a really good reason not to. And I think it's a good spot to fade a bad Falcons team coming off a huge upset win. People, you know, everybody watched the ending of that game. Um, it may be a good spot to play on the Jaguars after Coughlin got the boot. You said you probably don't think so, but uh, they might take the, the day off. But yeah, bad defense. Jaguars can can come back and get the backdoor cover if they need to. Statistically, I don't have a reason to love either team. I'm just taking the points in that style. Not a like best I bet, said. though. Not a best bet, just a lean. Yeah, I, I think the over is probably a pretty good call. I think Julio Jones goes absolutely ham in this game. Like he's going to be the guy that you look back on in fantasy as like one leagues for people in 2019. And but I think that uh, stat would apply to Colts Panthers as well. The Colts lose out. That, lose it, it will. Um, we don't know that the Colts are going to finish. They could finish eight and eight still if they right. win their last sure. two. Um, but it, it applies to Giants Redskins. It applies to Denver Detroit. I mean, there's like five games that it applies to this week. If you're if you're playing against crappy teams, take the picks. Uh, speaking of crappy picks and teams, Pete, who are your best bets again? 
There they are. You got, you know how many I got? Seven. But you already told me I'm going one and six. So I, I might as well just put the one and six up. I don't, I don't have six fingers on this hand. Uh, Buffalo plus six and a half. I think they win that game outright. Tampa Bay plus three. I think they win that game outright. Jacksonville, Atlanta. That's going to be a track meet. Philadelphia wins the game outright. You're giving me points. I'll take them. Miami, Cincinnati over. Seattle, Arizona over. And Green Bay plus five and a half. And they're going to win the game outright. So how about a money line parlay? Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Philly, and Green Bay. Ooh. Oh. I kind of like it. I'm looking at all those. I was on the opposite side of one, but just as a lean. I think Pete might go 7-0. and This might be the week. This is the week. I like him. 14-0 and over the course of the next two weeks. Not 12-0. and 14-0. and 0-14 for Brinson, and I catch him. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So that was Buffalo, Philly, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay? Was your Put it in. What would, that, what would that pay? Pay a lot. Say if we uh, put... What? What are you going to do? This is odd. I don't know why, but the Bucks Texans game is off the board. What? That's weird. Did they just make an announcement? I I looked at their injury report uh, before we came on, and there was no like weird. Nothing major, yeah. I think Jameis was listed as questionable, but he had a full practice. So I'm not looking on my site because I wouldn't have the. I'm I'm just checked. So you can't put you can't put the money you can't put the money you can't make the parlay you can. I can't with Tampa Bay, but with Tampa Bay's uh, plus three at home, yeah. um, I can use it. I'll use the Titans as a comparison. Okay. Um, and then Green Bay's on Monday night. That's plus. This is a this is a a, Buff- ju- a juicy parlay. Let's see. Right. And then you can come and take the- It's forty, almost forty-two to one. Yeah. So if you so put a hundred bucks on it, you'd win. We win forty-two hundred. Yeah. You get 40, to hedge that Monday nighter. You get forty-two hundred on it. Yeah. If you hit the first three, hedge the money nighter, put some, put some of it. Love that so money line. Love that money line part. If you get the first two, you could hedge on the Cowboys, and then and then if you get the cow, you know, to like you know, what I'm saying like oh, buy you get out the, of the first three. Buff. If you get the first three, and you go to Monday night. You, kinda, it's, yeah, it's just kind of hard when you yeah. don't know when those games are going to start and right. hedging multiple games. But you get that last one. Yeah, well, you one game's on Saturday. Get, you got a free roll for what five and a half no, points, no, no, no. right? You guys are you guys are missing two of the games are on Saturday, right? Right. So if you get the two, I, don't you get like, the two go- I don't like hedging multiple games. Yeah, why would you hedge I'm multiple saying, games? You get to the third, you win the third game, and then you hedge the fourth game. But I'm saying, let's say you put a hundred bucks on it. So and you get right. the first two, and then right. you bet fifty bucks on the Cowboys money line. If it's like a pick 'em, you're at least gonna you're gonna hedge out of it a little bit. And so then you would still, let's say the Eagles win, you're down fifty bucks, but you go into the Vikings game, and if the Packers win, you get four thousand dollars. Right, and you can hedge a little bit there too. You're always so quick to hedge. It's called gambling. Yeah, you're a hedger. You need, I, I you, you, need you, you need to trim the hedges that are inside of that shirt over there. That's what you need to trim. If you're if you stand to win, <laughs> if you stand you to win like I, a life changing amount of money, the- go ahead and hedge. But if it's not a life changing amount of money, just let it ride. Right. I'm the one. You guys are the ones who said hedge on Monday night. And so I what would you do? That- well, okay, Brinson, what would you do if you if you won the first three? Say you put a hundred bucks on it. You won the yeah. first three. What would you hedge on on Monday night? Just so I'm curious. Me and me and RJ can't. Why would you let it roll? Ride. If you, on Monday night, I wouldn't hedge on Monday night because you have the Packers. So you have to lay like you have to lay minus two thirty five because you I can't say, take the. Yeah, I say hedge the two thirty five and just make your money back. So either you're even or you make. Forty so you, to one. So you would put so like you put down two thirty five to win. Up. They would put two thirty five. I would to only win your hedge. I would only hedge to get my money. Back. Get the hundred bucks back. Yeah, that's so two thirty five to win a hundred. So I'm guaranteed. And then you're guaranteed to win four grand. 
Well, I'm guaranteed to either. If you it's win, a, it. it's like a four grand free roll. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And all you need is Aaron Rodgers not to lose to Kirk Cousins on Monday night. Sounds like a pretty good four grand free roll. <laughs> you just well, you sit know, back and re- if history tells you anything, you're going to be partying with your four G's. <laughs> all right. Go, so everybody go take uh, Pete's, uh, Pete's parlay unless Jameis Winston is out. Then don't touch it. Uh, all right, Pete. Hope all you right. Feel What's our parlay, by the way? Oh, we only have two teams. The under on the Bills, Patriots, and the Cardinals plus nine and a half. Throw the Jaguars-Falcons over it. I know both of you guys okay. like that. I, I'm down. Yeah, I like that too. All right, Jags. All right. There's our three-team loser parlay for the week. One and two. <laughs> go as the Debo, other way. As Debo notes in my ear, you know, maybe just go with two until you get another parlay. <laughs> Look at it. He's trying to get us to get – we had one win, one three-team winner, right? Our, way our, back yeah, in November. I think we're down like three units on the year. So it's, I mean, like, because you hit one of them. So it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not impressive. No, uh, it's not. All right, Pete. All Have right, a guys. great weekend. All Enjoy right. the, hey, hold on. I'm not done with you. Feel better. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Same to you, Will Brinson. Don't work too hard. Oh, I'll see you on Sunday. Aren't you working Sunday and, and Saturday? We both are. So we'll see you then. All right, buddy. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent Island, we got here. Walk to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, welcome back, Pete Briscoe. The sick Pete Briscoe has left us. I'm not buying RJ that he's actually sick, but fine to me. I'm starting to get a little cough, a little tickle in my throat. And I'm a little sick here. His germs have infected this room. Maybe he's not sick. He's trying to take us all down. Like, like this is his only way he feels like he can win the picks pod is by just killing us all with some sort of uh, outbreak style attack. I was going to make a joke that uh, he'd been faking like he was sick all day to try to get out early and go see Star Wars, but nobody was buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, like, I mean, I can say this because Pete's not on. He won't listen to the show later, but, um, they're listening. Pete doesn't listen or watch anything he does. He just doesn't. Moves on. Um, but, uh, Pete was like, Diva's like, yeah, Pete says he needs to be done at 5.30. Like, at 5.10, he walks in and sits down. It's like, what are you, what are you trying to do, buddy? Like, 20 minutes? Um, all right, let's get to the rest of the games here. Got a lot of them. Man, a lot of games. Ravens at the Browns. Ravens minus 10 in Cleveland. The over-under 48 and a half. Sort of a sneaky over-under. The Ravens are hard to cap, I think, these days because they score a ton of points. And uh, they're not afraid to blow anybody out. But this feels like too many points and yet not enough. I'm very hard. I don't know where to go on this one. Yeah, I can't go anywhere on the spread either. It's the Ravens. It's too many points, you know, but they, they, 
they've been like three points higher than they should be the last few weeks, and it doesn't really matter. They just keep covering. So I, I went against them last week with the Jets game. I just figured it was a lower total, and once it gets to a certain point between the spread and the total, um, I just take take the underdog, and it turns out the spread was what was wrong because it went up to like what sixty three points scored in that game or whatever it was. Um, so I think Ravens should cover most of this total themselves. So I would lean to the over forty eight and a half in this game. Cleveland D gave up eight hundred eighty six yards to Cincy and Arizona. This is a much different beast. Uh, the Cleveland offense lit up Baltimore D in their first meeting. Defense is obviously different now. It's playing much better, healthier, and they got Marcus Peters. So I don't think it's going to be another forty point Browns performance or anything. But I just can't tail in on the road, t- lay ten on the road. I can't play Freddie Kitchens against the best team in, in the league right now. So I'm just going to avoid the spread and lean to the over forty and a half. Yeah, I like that. Um, the reason they want, the only thing about it, and the reason I would take Cleveland here and not, I wouldn't bet it, but like if I'm doing a pick'em's pool, I'm taking Cleveland. A, um, you know, if you're, it's late in the year, like it, it's sort of, it, look, you should make your picks wherever you are, but like I, I'm, I'm trying to make up a little bit of ground on some of the leaders. I'm like 10 back or like eight back of the lead. Um, I think most people will take the Ravens in this spot because nobody wants to fade Lamar Jackson. I don't blame him. He's destroying people. The Ravens are crushing. Um, I'll take the Browns because it's a divisional game. It's double-digit points. They did play him well early in the year, and they didn't need Baker to have a great game to beat him. Nick Chubb is just awesome, and he's running really well. He made the Pro Bowl. One of four guys, I mentioned Joe Mixon with 700 yards from scrimmage. Uh, he, he's also in that group since week 10, and uh, I think it could be a shootout. I think, the, I think the total implies an expectation that the Browns can hang with them offensively. I also think maybe, I don't know, I don't think, I don't think Baltimore is going to lay it all on the line here for whatever reason. And maybe, maybe, I don't know. I think Browns just keep it within 10 points. So I will take the Browns there as well. Chiefs minus six and a half at the Bears over under 45. Sunday night football game between Andy Reid and his old friend Matt Nagy. This line has, line has been climbing was, um, I think four and a half or five. Got up to six and a half. Uh, maybe at the Westgate. It's down at six, sort of settled in right now. Unders dropping a bit. How do you how do you see this game playing out? Do you think the Chiefs will go in there and just blow their doors off because they they could if they wanted to? Yeah, it's it's six everywhere right now. Westgate on Wednesday night for the contest put out six and a half because I think they envision it's going to keep climbing. Um, so this is more of a prediction of where it's going to be than it is what the actual line is right now. I can't lay six and a half on the road versus a good defense as good as since the, the Chiefs are playing. You know, I'm just not going to do that against the Bears defense. But I can't take the Bears either. They've been awful against the spread, and the Chiefs are a much better team. Uh, the Chiefs defense has been excellent the last three since the bye. The Bears offense has improved, but I still don't think they're great. So I would lean under 45 here. Um, but again. It's not a strong play for me. It's just a lean because I love how the Chiefs are playing right now. But tough road spot. I'm going to stay away and, and figure, if anything, it might go a little bit under the total. Yeah, we saw the Chiefs go. I, I like I like the under call, by the way. Um, we saw the Chiefs go uh, over the total against the Raiders, who have a bad, uh, bad, bad defense in general. And I it didn't really feel like the Chiefs were trying to hang 40. They just sort of couldn't stop themselves from scoring 40 in that spot. And, you know, you since the bye, and even including the week before against the Chargers, uh, 41, 49, 39, 26. Now, granted, that 26 is against Drew Locke, a rookie quarterback in a snowstorm. But the Chiefs are just not scoring a ton of points right now. And not, they're not they're not allowing a ton of points, and they're not the last two games against decent defenses, which the Bears are. They're not trying to lob up a ton. They're perfectly content to score in the mid twenties if they need to, and to let their defense do the dirty work. I mean, it's only allowed twenty eight points since the bye. That's ridiculous. It's Tom Brady, Drew Locke, and Derek Carr. Now, maybe those three quarterbacks aren't any good anymore. Or 
good in general, but I like the under as well. I would take the Chiefs if I had to because I think six, um, I, I could just see them being up 20 points and Mitchell Trubisky being unable to come back and, and cover that. Steelers minus three at the Jets over under 37 and a half. Uh, my best bet's the under 37 and a half. We're, we got on the other side of that key 37 number, so I'm fine putting this in as a best bet. These two offenses are bottom three in DVOA, and one of the defenses, the Steelers, is a top three DVOA defense. So there's not going to be many points here. It's going to be like that Pittsburgh-Buffalo game we saw where it was 17-10. Um, it's going to be a similar game here, I think. The under is 11-3 and three in Steelers games, including their last six went under. The Jets had three straight under games before the Ravens and beat them up and scored you know, a million points on them. The Jets D is number one in yards per rusher allowed, and I can't see Duck Hodges doing much in the passing game, even against a bad Jets secondary. So, um, and it looks like they're getting healthier. I believe there was only two DNPs for, um, for injury on the injury report as of, uh, as of Thursday, and a lot of other people were limited. Jamal Adams and several cornerbacks and all three, you know, top defensive linemen are all limited. So limited on Thursday generally means you're going to play. So if they get healthy in this game, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Pittsburgh D hasn't given up 300 yards in five straight or more than 17 points in four straight. It's going to be a similar game here. I would lean to them to cover like, like that. Uh, I, I would, like I said, I liken it to the, uh, Steelers Bills game, except this is the Steelers winning 17 to 10 instead of losing 17 10 here. Yeah. I, uh, I like that under as well. I think I would take the Jets if I'm picking. I, I would assume that even though Pittsburgh lost last week, people still have that stench of the Jets, uh, Jets Raven game, Jets Ravens game in their mind. They will probably lean towards Pittsburgh as the, the playoff team against a bad team. And so again, I think you can be a little contrarian here. Take the home dog, catching three points against Duck Hodges. And like the Steelers shouldn't be able to run the ball. I would anticipate that the, they'll try to throw. I don't know they'll do a great job of it. And then with Le'Veon Bell, a little Le'Veon Bell revenge game, huh? 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 And, uh, Jameson Crowdy, you can kind of eat up underneath. I, I like, I like the under too. These teams stink, dude. I mean, I, I'm, are we sure the Steelers, like, should the Steelers be in the playoffs? Do we want the Steelers in the playoffs? Uh, they're doing their best to earn it. You know, it's, it's very impressive what they've done after losing their top quarterback and then having other key players injured throughout the year. So, you know, if they can win these games, I would say they definitely deserve it. I'm not excited to watch them in the playoffs. I don't think they're a very exciting team with, uh, whoever's playing quarterback in, in this instance, but you know, I might much rather watch the Titans. They're, they're, they've been the better team. And if they would have started Tannehill the whole year, maybe they'd be in the playoffs at this point and the Steelers would be out, but you got to give it to the Steelers with how they're playing right now. Yeah. All right. Give me the Titans. I want Tannehill, A.J. Brown in the playoffs, not the Steelers. Give that talent, Steelers. Actually, no, I want the Steelers. Then I can brag that my Super Bowl prediction would have been close to coming true if uh, Ben Roethlisberger had stayed healthy. What is the what's the line if it's Steelers at Chiefs in, in Wild Card Weekend, and say the Patriots stay in the two seed? What's the line of Steelers at Chiefs? Is it ten? Is it more? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's going to be pretty high. Nobody's going to take the Steelers. What's the over under will be like, if it's decent weather, it could be like 45. Right. And that's a great on. Right. right. But I just, I just don't see anybody taking, you're going to have to get double digits to take the Steelers. So it's going to got to be at least 10. And I don't want double digits taking the Steelers. Remember when the Steelers played the Dolphins and the Dolphins had Matt Moore and the Steelers beat him by like 40. That's mm-hmm. this game. Um, Saints minus three at Titans over under 50 and a half. I'm with you here. I don't know. I didn't have his best bet. I think. A Titans-Jets money line parlay is kind of spicy. I don't know who else you throw in there, but I like the Titans as well. Getting three at home, obvious letdown spot for Drew Brees, right? 
Yeah, so we look at this Houston-Tennessee result last week, and, and like I said, it was kind of fraudulent. Tennessee played a good game. They had that deflection interception, which you can't do anything about. Uh, they could have won that game. And if they win the game, what's the spread in this game? Does it does it even move off the look-ahead line of Pickham? I'm not sure it does, because the Titans would have come into this game as probably the hottest team in the league. Uh, so I think even this, with the special teams errors, too, they get that ironed out with suck codes on uh, IR, and they have a new kicker in there. Tennessee still managed 432 yards of offense, in that Houston game, it's the fifth time in eight Tannehill games. They've been over 400 plus. Very impressive what they're doing. And then you look at New Orleans. Great game coming off a huge win. Stock couldn't be any higher when, when Breeze goes 29 for 30 and is setting records left and right. Um, so nobody's going to want to bet against the Saints in this game. That's why it's minus three and Titans are going to be a great value. New Orleans is four, 12 and one against the spread outdoors in December or January since 2007, which was Breeze's second year. This isn't a team that can come down the stretch and play well outdoors and get credit for how well they've been playing the first three months of the season because they're always a good team with Drew Brees. So I think you want to fade them in this spot. Titans are still a hot team even if they didn't get the win last week. Uh, They're going to win this game. I agree with that. Take the money line. Take plus three. Yeah. Um, That game against Houston could have gone. Houston could have blown them out by even more, but like the Titans could have gotten up. The thing with the Titans is if they get up on you and I think they can score. I think they should be more aggressive early against the Saints here. Try to throw down the field. Get A.J. Brown involved. Use your passing game early to try and set up the run because with no Sheldon Rankins and no Marcus Davenport, you can pound Derrick Henry. little worried he's on the injury report, but I think they will be fine. Um, Saints need this game, by the way, for for try and get uh, home field advantage. Titans need the game, too, to get in the playoffs. That's Titans need more. You're right. Giants at Redskins. The Redskins minus two and a half over under 42 uh, over under 12 minutes that you'll watch this game on Sunday on Sunday under, you know, I'll, it'll be on one of the TVs here at work and I'll keep an eye out, but I'm not going to be watching it closely unless I put the Giants on my super contest card, which I probably won't. But Giants is going to be my lean at plus two and a half. I mentioned the stat earlier, 54, 26 and four against red with in this situation with two bad teams playing each other. Just take the points. I don't love backing Daniel Jones coming off his injury. So I'm just playing that trend. Really Washington's committed to the run game. Giants, that's what they do is they stop the run, fifth in yards per attempt allowed. So you're going to have to throw on them to beat them. Haskins showed last week he can do that. He was able to throw on the, the Eagles in their bad secondary. Is he going to regress a little bit or is he going to have an, a second good game in a row? I would tend to think the former is more likely than the latter. Um, so I, I just see a little bit of regression coming there. Maybe his passes are sailing. It's not completely on the money like some of those passes were. And Giants can go ahead and go into Washington where they don't have a good home field advantage and win this game. I like the Redskins a lot here. Not enough to make him a best bet or anything like that. Um, but I, I do like him a lot because I think the Giants are terrible at stopping opposing quarterbacks. And I know like Dwayne Haskins' mechanics and his footwork aren't perfect back there, but he's a raw rookie quarterback. He's what we expected. He and Terry McLaurin are cooking with gas right now. And I think that's going to continue uh, into into this game. And I think we'll see Dwayne Haskins take a couple shots down the field. I will be playing Terry McLaurin aggressively in DFS, as I have been uh, in every decent match that they have. And when they play a bat, he had a great game, I think two touchdowns, 100-plus yards in, in week uh, one against the against the Eagles. Uh, they're not playing the Eagles, so I don't know why that matters. Um, I don't know what happened. Oh, that's why I liked him last week. Anyway, Terry McLaurin is a very good, runner, very good wide receiver. Um, he said blacking out. And I think that Dwayne Haskins and Scary Terry will hook up a couple of times. And I just think the Giants will be sort of like a letdown spot if they gave it everything for Eli Manning, come back, Daniel Jones, maybe fumbles early, don't have the same motivation. 
You know the season's wrapping up. You know Pat Shermer's out the door. Emotional game last week. I will take the Redskins. Lions at Broncos. Broncos this game. I mean, what in the hell? How do you pick that? <laughs> Lions at Broncos. Broncos are minus seven. How are the Broncos laying seven? How, exactly. I mean, in a 30 and a half over under game. Yeah, two bad teams. Week 16, take the points. Take the Lions. I don't yeah. love David Blau. Don't love what I'm seeing from Detroit. Um, so I don't have any matchup, you know, situations really. They're getting a little healthier on defense though, and Denver's O-line's really banged up. I think Juwan James has already been ruled out. Um, and, and there's at least two other guys that are, que- that are questionable or missing practice or limited, whatever. Um, Broncos D's been the strength of the team. They've allowed 400 plus yards in three of their last four, so they're not playing that well. Now they've had some tough matchups. But, um, you know, if you have a great defense, you're gonna limit people to at least somewhat, maybe 300, 350 yards. Um, but, you know, they're able to move it on this team. Uh, Drew Locke can move it on the Detroit, so it's probably gonna have to be a backdoor cover for us to hit the Detroit plus seven, but I'm just gonna take the points and be happy following that trend right now. Yeah, I can't look, I mean like Drew Locke was awesome in that one game against and he was awesome he was awesome early on against the Chargers and awesome against Houston, but I mean like I I can't I mean how the hell do they let him throw forty times against Kansas City in a snowstorm? That's that's it is irresponsible, Denver. And I, I just can't I can't I can't have Drew Locke laying seven points. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like Denver just can't be laying seven points. People will want to fade the, the Lions, and that's fine. They're terrible. But I, I will take them in the seven points because it's it, it's just too many points. That's that's literally all I've got for analysis of this game is too many points. Raiders at the Chargers, also a seven-point game. Not too many points for me. Over under 45. I know the Chargers got sandblasted by the, by the Vikings, but that game is a lot closer than people thought. Based on the final score, a strip sack of Phillip Rivers at halftime led to a Vikings touchdown that completely flipped the game, sucked all the life out of the Chargers, and I think they'll try and bounce back for a nice December game. They need to save Anthony Lynn's job if they, if they want to. Phillip Rivers is trying to play for a contract. And when you look at this Raiders team, RJ, I mean, that is has to go down as one of the most heartbreaking ways to lose a football game in NFL history. It's the last game in Oakland. You have a big lead. Derek Carr is celebrating a 12-yard run to get a first down as the clock is supposed to click, go towards a two-minute warning. The ref stopped the, the clock because he slid in, you know, slid in bounds and, and gave himself up. Um, the Raiders missed two field goals. They missed the first one. Then they get a running of the kicker. Miss another one. Then the Jaguars go down and score a touchdown to take the lead in Oakland. Again, the last game ever played in Oakland by the Raiders. And then the Raiders go all the way down and get close for a Hail Mary, and it bounces off the guy's face. And then they get booed out of the gym. I don't know how you pick yourself off the mat and go play even a bad Chargers team who can put up numbers pretty easily. Yeah, the the only thing that would lean me to the Raiders is that same trend I keep bringing up because both these teams are going to finish with losing records. Um, so I do want to like Oakland here, but that is such a deflating loss plus their injuries mean that I can't do that side either. So I'm going to stay away from the spread in this game. I would lean to the under. Chargers are typically an under team at home. Four of the last five Oakland games have also gone under as that offense has kind of crept back to the pack where we thought it would be and we didn't think it was going to be a very good offense. Uh, Raiders are going to be missing their heart of their offense. Josh Jacobs, with already been ruled out that he's going to be out of this game. So you get Washington and Richard as your duo. That's not going to make up the difference. The offensive line is also extremely banged up. Trent Brown went on IR. Um, I think they're going to struggle to score in this game already. Chargers, we, we've seen that their offense can shoot itself in the foot multiple times at any given time. So uh, even though the Oakland defense is 31st in DVOA um, and you would think the Chargers get the cover, I think the under is the better play, but I'm just going to make it a lean. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the under as well. That's a good call. Um, but I would go Chargers as one of my best bets. Panther, ooh, last, last game. Panthers at Colts. 
another seven point game, another bad team laying seven. Um, the Panther Colts are minus seven at home over under 46. Look, I, I get what happened with the Colts. Man, this is a weird game because Panthers are terrible and they have given up and they have lost a lot of games in a row. They're ruining a lot of futures for me and they're going to start Will Greer, who's a rookie quarterback and we don't know really anything about him. Um, and this, so like the Colts minus seven. After seeing what we saw on Monday night, what do you think the perception here? Over to 46, like do you, don't you think that's a weird perception that the Colts will be favored by seven points in this game? Yeah, and it's just how bad the Panthers are playing. But again, could be too bad. Could it be two teams that finished under 500. Maybe you go with the Panthers just because of that. I'm probably not playing the spread at all again. Uh, I don't trust Will Greer, but the Colts aren't playing well either. I wouldn't make them seven point favorites against anyone the way they've been playing. So they'll probably win this game, but it might be three or four instead of seven. So maybe that's why you lean to the Panthers. Um, so I, I'd probably go over the 46 is probably my thing. Panthers D's been awful. Big reason they're over is 10 and 4 in Carolina games. It's hitting the last four. Colts can run all over the Panthers, but the Colts D isn't playing well right now. And they had some guys on the injury report as well. I believe they have five guys in the injury report and they're all defensive guys. Um, so defensive guys are also hurt for the Panthers. So give me the over, but it's not going to be a best bet. It's just going to be a lean on the 46. I, I kind of like that over too. The Panthers, what, what, I don't know if like people haven't been watching many Panthers games. I, I use a HD antenna on, on my third TV. So like I always have Panther, like, you know, I'll have two games I pick for each TV, three TVs that I use and I'll, you know, use the, you know, master the flying around with the remotes, trying to, you know, flick back and forth during commercials. So I catch a lot of Panthers games locally. They, for whatever reason, are capable of throwing up a ton of points in the second half. And I think it's probably because they're losing and teams sort of ease up on the defense and play prevent and Carolina just kind of wings it around. I think that could be the same with Will Greer. That's why I'd be, a, I would probably take the Panthers plus the seven here. I just think it's too many points given how bad the Colts are. And I'm with you. The over under 46 is really high for two bad teams, but both these defenses stink. The, the Colts don't do anything exotic. So Greer should be able to throw to spots and zones. I think, you know, I think the Turners will be smart enough to, to set up Curtis Samuel in, in short yardage, use Christian McCaffrey plenty. Uh, Marlon Mack should have a big day here. I love him and Leonard Fournette as a combo in, in DFS. And, um, yeah, I would lean over here, but I would, I would, I would lean Panthers as well. All right. Pete Briscoe's best bets. Let's, let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Pete Briscoe's best bets. Buffalo plus six and a half. Tampa Bay plus three. Jacksonville Atlanta over 46 and a half. Philly plus two and a half. Miami Cincinnati over 47. Seattle Arizona over 51. Green Bay plus five and a half. And Pete advises you put a small little nugget on Buffalo, Philly, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, money line parlay pays up 42 to one. How about your best bets, RJ? I have three of the same that Pete does, including Tampa plus three and a half against Houston, Buffalo plus six and a half at New England, and Green Bay plus five and a half at Minnesota. Uh, I also like the Buffalo, New England under 37, the Pittsburgh Jets under 37 and a half as well, both of those 37 and a half. Titans plus three against New Orleans. They're going to go ahead and win that game. Uh, so if you want to throw them in a money line, probably do that too. Uh, Bengals plus one at Miami and Arizona Cardinals plus five and a half at Seattle. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Okay, my best bets are the Buffalo short card for me. Huh. Buffalo New England under 37 and a half, Chargers minus 7, Bengals plus 1, the Philadelphia Eagles plus 2 and a half and the Minnesota Vikings minus 9 and a half. I feel like there was something else I liked. Um I think it was the weather game on Houston, right? 
Yeah. Should I do, is that enough? Is five enough? Should I throw one more in there? Five is fine. Five is like a good baseline. Okay. Are you guys, are you throwing more to try and catch up or are you just doing your best bets either way? I wanted to put in even more. I just, there was a lot of things I like, but it turned out like they were all underdogs. I don't think all underdogs are going to cover this week, but there's like 10 of them I like. So I had to kind of cut myself off at one point and, and just go with a few unders. And then at the last minute, I think you saw in the email I threw in, you know, I just throw Buffalo in there too. I, I don't know why I didn't <laughs> include them because so I just threw well, one extra one in there. It was interesting. Um, if I said Minnesota minus nine and a half, I meant Minnesota minus five and a half. That may have been an enunciation thing. Apologies. Uh, a lot of these games are divisional games with high over unders. There's sort of a chance. To, don't you think there's a chance this week to maybe play some of those unders based right. on like those yeah, games? Divisional games late in the season, you kind of want to be looking at the under anyway. There, nobody wants to make a mistake. It's it's not the game doesn't get very wide open. Um, these two teams when they play know each other a lot. So yeah, I would look to the unders more often than not. Okay. Uh, reminder, you can check out our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com and search for pick six podcast and join there. We've got a, uh, re- no Thursday, no Thursday night show to listen to because there's no Thursday night. We will have emergency podcast throughout the holidays. Got a Christmas mailbag coming, but we still accept questions. Uh, and of course we will recap all of week 16 on Sunday night. Oh, 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 you know what? I even read it wrong, RJ. We're going to recap the Saturday games, the three Saturday games on Saturday night. So if you're listening, tune in. We'll have a Sunday morning podcast ready for you that you can listen to. Um, and then we'll have a recap of Sunday as well. And then, uh, you know, we'll do some bunch of stuff for Christmas week. RJ, always fun, buddy. Happy holidays, everyone. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found.